It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I'm Mark Willard, and this is Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile, an official San Francisco Giants podcast. In season one, we looked back at some of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Now, it's time to focus on the present and future. We'll cover memorable wins and the off-field moments, interests, and personalities of the 2021 Giants team and staff. Join us for season two of Inside Giant Moments, now. Usually they call someone's top assistant a right-hand man, but bench coach Kai Correa is actually Gabe Kapler's left-hand man because that's where he stands, right to Kapler's left as each game unfolds. Correa is truly by Kapler's side for every decision, so he's uniquely qualified to take us inside the Giants' process. He joined me to talk about how this team has come together in such a successful way, where their collective mental state is during the stretch run, and about his story that started in Hawaii and ended in the big leagues. You realize you've become a little bit of a celebrity here, right? Because you're, you're sitting right next to Gabe. You guys have matching glasses. This has become a thing now. You realize this, right? Yeah, I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I use the word celebrity, but maybe you know, like a, a meme on on Twitter is, <laughs> is more what it is. But yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty funny, that's for sure. Uh, it, it's really funny. It's a it's a it's a great visual, but I also I wonder what's going on there. You guys are constantly interacting. There are times where it looks light and fun. There are times where it looks like you're diving in deep. How would you describe your in-game interactions? You know, I would say it looks exactly uh, what it is. You know, sometimes we're we're having a loose conversation about something uh, that's transpiring or conversations that happen throughout the course of the day, and, and sometimes we're getting into the weeds about what's going on in that specific moment in the game. Um, and, and, and it's, you know, completely driven by, by Cap's openness, uh, Cap's willing to listen, Cap's willingness to... to to promote dialogues and, and give staff members autonomy. And so that's why you, you always see us talking because that's kind of the, that's the culture and, and the environment he's created. Uh, how far ahead do you guys work? And here's what I mean by that. I gather from listening to Cap uh, that scenarios seem to be thought about, uh, may, maybe even early in games, maybe even the day, uh, two days ahead of time. Uh, how far ahead are you guys working when you're having discussions? Yeah, I, I think it's about blending, right? And so I think you have to have uh, you have to have an element of preparation that you won't be surprised, but you have to leave things open for interpretation enough that as the game unfolds, you can make a more organic decision. And so I think conversations are starting as early as possible about potential scenarios and situations that may come our way uh, defensively in regard to pitching, in regard to in regard to the offense and how we may get matched up with. And so Caps ha- constantly having those conversations throughout the course of the day, and, and we're having those conversations early in the game. But at the same time, you know, we're watching the game with our eyes and not getting locked into a specific decision. And so the key is, is finding striking that balance. 
I imagine what you're saying is is especially true with all of these bullpen guy uh, games that you guys have been in, forced into recently. How much talk goes into those bullpen games pregame? In other words, uh, do you know who who you're going to use loosely and when? Yeah, I mean, there's substantive conversation every game, and, and the bullpen game is no different. And, and to your point, even even more expanded because there's more decisions. But our pitching group, um, Andrew Bailey, Craig Alvin as the bullpen coach, J.P. Martinez, the assistant pitching coach, are have, have been on top of you know, curating the right situations for each of those guys' different skill sets from the start of the year. And it's one of the reasons why those guys have been so successful. Obviously, those pitchers have put in lots of great work making a small delivery tweak or adding a pitch or changing their pitch usage. Um, and, and, and most of the success falls on their shoulders. But in addition to that, the pitching group has done a really nice job really breaking down with our analysts and, and, and finding the right situations in a game for for each of those guys and their skill set and 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 so that's well discussed and beat up before the game but like i said earlier you know you really really can't predict the future and, and you can say hey this is an ideal scenario for someone but you really have to see how things unfold and so there's definitely a loose plan um but it's not it's not a, a script that's being followed I want to ask you about replay challenges because you're the guy. You're the guy that hops off the top step and, and kicks this thing into action. Take me through the whole process from beginning to end. Yeah, you know, I mean, essentially anytime there's a close play, um, either I'm calling upstairs or upstairs is, is calling me. And, and our guys in the video room, uh, Pat and, and, and Yo. Are, are very, very proactive. They have a very intense attention to detail. And so more often than not, they're calling us first before I even can get down to the step and, 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 and make the call to them. And then it's it's trusting uh, what they're seeing on, on video. You know, a lot of times in a baseball game, and, 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 and this is the case for, with every level for our entire lives, when we see something happen live, it's impossible to separate the emotional response we have to something potentially benefiting us or hurting us, right? You know what I mean? Like you watch your kids' little game, you're like every bang-bang play, oh, no, there's no way he, he, he's, he's safe there. There's no way he's out there. He definitely tagged him. He definitely left early, right? We, as human beings, we're so biased when we watch that game live. Um, that's amazing that you can call two guys with attention to detail who are having the opportunity to slow things down. And then it's about relaying that information and, and, and making a decision. And that's essentially how that, that process unfolds for us. Is there more to it than just we see it as a yes or we see it as a no? Because I imagine a lot of times, as we as fans experience, uh, sometimes it's so close you can't quite tell. There are multiple angles. Maybe you're late in the game. What exactly goes into the decision of yes, we're challenging or no, we're not? Yeah, you know, I, I think – I think you'd like to get it to be binary, you know, or, but you, like you said, so many plays are close. And, and I think it's a natural thing for, for every team in the league. The later in the game, the more monumental the moment, the higher the leverage, the closer it is they're going to go. And I, and I think, I think we're, we are, uh, are, are no different in that process. But I think more than anything else, we are trying to make those decisions, yes or no, in those moments. Um, and, and not leave it you know, open to interpretation. 
Uh, we should maybe back up a little bit as we talk about your your role, and I wonder if you would take us through it. What What is on the, the daily to-do list for Kai Correa? Oh, gosh. That's a fun <laughs> question. Well, you know, there's a couple of things that go into it. The first thing is, uh, I've talked about it a little bit, is is the, the, the environment created by Farhan, Scott, and Cap, and that openness, um, that autonomy, the trust given to assistants. And so a lot of my days is, is built upon that as, as the foundation, right? And so um, it, it's, and then the second thing um, in regard to my daily schedule is, is something that's discussed often in the media and publicly is the size of our staff and how many different folks there are doing different things, uh, collaborating with different groups. And so both of those core concepts are, are integral to the course of my my uh, my day but really it's about you know reviewing reviewing our defensive positioning uh with the other coaches in the domain with our our excellent analyst group uh with specific players um you know we're very fortunate to work with a really really veteran player group who has a really good idea of of where they should be to begin with the brandon belts Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria, these are guys who are constantly adjusting themselves in game already. So, um, you know, analyzing that information and having the right conversations with all those groups is a big component of the positioning process, and that's that's a daily thing. And then also communicating with the pitcher and the pitching group. Um, and, and so making sure we're transparent and everyone has their input so that way we can make a really concrete decision when it comes to game time. Um, and then, you know, getting out in the field for the workout and, and, and working with our guys and, 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 and giving each guy what they feel is most integral to feel prepared for the game defensively that night. And whether that's a given person getting 10 ground balls over the scene, 10 ground balls on the field, 20, 30, 40, our guys are really all over the map with what they want to do um, to prepare for each position. And so just making that available and, and organized. Um, and then, you know, hanging out and having a lot of, you know, side conversations. That's what our group's really good at. There, you always see, you know, a pitching coach talking to a hitting coach, a hitting coach talking to an off-field coach. Folks are always, you know, sharpening each other and, and, and pointing out observations they made because our, our staff and our players are great consumers of video and great consumers of information. So there's always information to be traded as we lead up to the game. And then there's going to be um, some time I spend uh, diving in uh, to the opposing team's game planning for that day and, and getting a sense of how things will unfold and, and what will happen and, and then some other nuanced things when it comes to base running. And, you know, I, I know I'm not giving you a really specific answer, but that's the beauty of the whole process is, um, I'm fortunate in my role that I get to interact with a lot of the different groups and have a ton of different conversations and sit in different meetings and have different discussions and prepare in different ways. And and and, and my goal is to, to have a, a, a good question to ask Cap in the right moment or potentially have an answer to a question he asks, has for me uh, that helps us land on, on the best decision to, to continue to put our guys in a position to succeed. Uh, I guess you can tell how busy someone is based on how detailed they are when they answer a question like that. Uh, and you sound pretty busy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say busy, but I'm I'm so glad to to have you know things to to do that you love that lead up to the course <laughs> right. of the game, right? right. It, it, action packed for sure. 
but but not stressed and not not frantic. So it's it's like I said, it's fortunate when you work with so many great people that um, the, the rabbit holes you could go down with each of them are really endless. When you talk about Gabe, you've used the word openness uh, a number of times, and I wonder if he's shared this with you. I know you weren't with him prior to this year, but I I I wonder what makes him. Uh, so much more successful this time around as opposed to his previous managerial experiences. What 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 have you seen in him in terms of growth? Gosh, I, I cannot speak to that specifically having not been there in Philadelphia. And it would just be speculation. Um, but what I can speak to is what it's like working with him every day. And one thing that Cap is doing is he's constantly iterating. He's constantly evolving. He's constantly analyzing his own processes, his own conversations, his own moves, and figuring out ways to improve on it. And so what becomes obvious to me is that he's always a better manager than he was last night, last week, last month. And so it's only natural. The one thing I can say for sure in answering that question is if he's continued to do that process for the last four seasons, that's why his results have continued to improve because – He's, he's never settled with how things gone. We, we'll, we'll win a game, and he'll want to have a conversation about a specific moment in the game where we could potentially be better. And I think that's what makes, what makes him so successful is that he's always evaluating himself in his processes, and he's always finding ways to make them sharper and more efficient. Where'd you two find each other? How did that relationship develop? Um. Caps told the story a, a couple times, I guess, um, uh, in different media outlets that he uh, he found some of my social media platforms when I was producing content when I was a college coach, and followed. But and we had a we had a couple acquaintances um, where we had like one degree of separation for for a couple years, and then we really really got to know each other uh, when he interviewed me in Philadelphia for a role there, and I, and I went through a pretty substantive process with him and it was great for for me to get to know him and him to get to know me uh your story as we look at that is is a pretty unique one you grew up in hawaii how big is baseball there uh baseball is huge in hawaii um baseball is really really important to the community because um you know you have that japanese influence um in the community um plus just the American passion for baseball, and so you kind of combine those things. Uh, lots of folks from Hawaii uh, will talk often about how, you know, baseball is one of those sports at the highest levels that isn't as limited by size and physical stature. And so that's also why it's another popular sport in, in the Hawaiian Islands with not a lot of, like, exceptionally tall people in the population. <laughs> so there's far more, you know, there's far more major leaguers per capita than there are NBA players. And so, you know, all these factors combine um, make it a really, really important and popular part of, of Hawaiian culture. Okay, that said, I know that you're considered a trailblazer of sorts there. Uh, how does that make you feel? You know, it, it, it's fun uh, to be, be considered that, but I don't think about that myself because I think about uh, the folks who have come before me who've, you know, opened the, the doors along the way, right? So there weren't many coaches from um, – there weren't many coaches from the state of Hawaii in the major leagues prior to me, but they were players, right? And you think about 
players as far back as, you know, like the Mike Lums and the Len Cicadas and their work ethic and their passion for the game uh, created this impression, right? They created an impression on how people perceived Hawaiian players. And that's continued to the present day through the Shane Victorinos and the Colton Wongs and the Kurt Suzuki's are, there's a certain level of work ethic um, that's associated with those players and passion. And, and I think that that, that spills into the coaching ranks as well as then um, although those guys weren't coaches, it does lay the groundwork for impression of, of, of a lot young Hawaiian coach as well. And so uh, I'm proud to be considered a trailblazer, but I'm more proud to, to come after so many great Hawaiian baseball men who've made an impact in the, the collegiate and the professional ranks. Okay, quick pause to tell you about our sponsor, T-Mobile, one of our favorite partners because of how relevant they are to Giants fans. Because you're never far from McCovey Cove when you've got America's largest and fastest 5G network. In other words, T-Mobile is your ticket to the game, whether you're home or away. The Giants are big league. Why don't you come on up and join them? Switch to T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Fastest 5G by Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G Experience Report January 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now back to Inside Giant Moments. Kai, let's get into this race a little bit. How, how would you describe right now the clubhouse energy, uh, the emotion within the clubhouse, as you guys come down the stretch of what is becoming an incredibly memorable September? I mean, gosh, it's a lot of fun. Not to overly simplify it, but our guys are having a blast, right? And, a lot's made about how old our team is and how cool of customers they are. And all of that is true, but it's just so much fun to watch our guys have fun, right? Grown men who have accomplished so much in their careers. There's guys with multiple rings in there and, 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 and MVP awards and gold gloves. And every single night, those smiles are so genuine. With the reaction, when we turn a big double play, somebody gets a big strikeout or a young player gets a big hit and you see everybody run out to the field and you see the smiles and the hugs. Um, that's so representative of how much fun um, our, our guys are happening, having uh, on a night in night out basis. And, and, and the race is tight and it's close and it's been, it's been hotly contested, contested from, from opening day to present day. But one of the reasons why I think we've been so successful is our guys are, are just enjoy competing with each other um, every single night, they've like I said, they've accomplished so much in their careers, and in that perspective, they they just enjoy the games. They enjoy the the many moments that happen every night, and so it's fun for the rest of us to be around. Well, and Cap always says that that you can watch this team not get too high, and and not get too low. We cannot say the same for the fan base at all. So. I wonder what the right what are what are the tools to do that? How do you achieve not too high, not too low? Well, you know, you you, you sit at home, right, and you think. Um, I, I remember we were talking about this one game post game, early in the season, and you say, you know, you're you're in the shower or you're sitting in your locker after a loss. Maybe it's a, a blown save. Maybe you get your butt kicked, and 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 you just don't have it that night. You lose by eight runs, and I, I can't remember specifically what night it was. And we're thinking the record-breaking team, right? Like, you know, your greatest regular season team of all time. They felt like this 46 nights. 
Right? And you're like, right. wow, that's right. a lot of nights. Right. right? Oh, man, a, a team that wins a division, they might feel like they're 60 nights. Right? And slowly you start, it reminds you of that perspective that it's really, really, really tough to win a game in the big leagues. It's really tough. It's really tough in a macro sense to win a game in the big leagues. It's really tough to win a series. It's really tough to get a big hit. It's really tough to get a big strikeout. Right? It's the best players in the world playing against the best players in the world. And when you have that perspective, you realize that you've got to play for the long game and stack, right? stack these, these, these good games one after another and be competitive, competitive night in, night out, and trust that at the end of the season, you've had more of those good nights than you've had bad nights. And I'm not sure if that, that helps you know, anyone in the fan base or somebody watching at home. I'll feel more comfort. I, I doubt it does, but that's kind of how I rationalize it myself is that it, these are the greatest players in the world. And these are the toughest, you know, closely, most closely contested games. And even when you're one of the elite teams, you, you're still going to lose a third of them. And so you have to, you have to shower well and, and be on to the next one. <laughs> um, is Gabe Kapler the manager of the year? Gosh, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm not sure how those things go down, and I'm obviously incredibly biased, but you think about what was said in the beginning, and you think about where we are now, and I think that those two things are non-comparable, and, and I think the vote should be not comparable either. Right, right, yeah. I, I do. I mean, I think it is going to go his way. Um, you, as you mentioned earlier, you specifically work uh, one of the things on, on your list, base running. G- give me your base running philosophy. Oh, gosh, you know, and, and it's not um, – base running is one of the great examples on our staff of collaboration. It is not a, a one-person thing. So Antoine Richardson um, is, technically leads the, our base running group, and it's a group that he's – I'm fortunate enough that he welcomes me into, that I help to impact, that Alyssa Mackin assists with, that Ron Wotus has a huge hand in as a longtime base running instructor. And then also, obviously, the players. You know, it's a really player-driven thing because it's, it's an effort and attention and detail area. And so it's not necessarily my philosophy, but I would say that our philosophy as a group, and this is not something that's on T-shirts or on, on, on bumper stickers, but one thing I've seen is I just think we try to optimize every situation. I think the group and the players as a whole do a, do a nice job of understanding our restrictions in regard to speed uh, on a given night in our lineup. And as opposed to saying, hey, you know, we're going to just be a station to station. Hey, this doesn't matter. Guys are constantly challenging each other and challenging themselves to have the most optimum primary lead and secondary lead and then read. Um, so that way we can take advantage of any opening we have. And I think, um, sometimes that involves speed and creates the opportunity to steal. Sometimes that involves a lack of speed, but creates the opportunity to get a really good read and potentially beat a ball to a bag that some below average runners wouldn't because they wouldn't have taken that extra step. And so I think Antoine and the rest of the group have done a really good job and the players themselves are challenging each other to get that extra half step, to get that extra six inches at different moments that we've seen impact the game in positive ways throughout the course of the last six months so let me then ask you about a specific play and you can give me a macro answer uh game one of the san diego series second to last week of the season brandon belt is on second base 
in, in the ninth inning, and he takes off with one out uh, with a little floater off the bat of late-night Lamont Wade. Uh, the, the ball barely, barely goes over the glove of one of the great athletes in the sport in Fernando Tatis. Belt ends up scoring also barely. It very easily could have been a double play that ended the ninth inning. When you looked at that, would you have advised him to be as aggressive as he was? Yeah, that, that's that's the beauty of uh, answering a baseball question because you always say yes if it works out, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but you know that that's as funny as that is. That's a perfect example of what we're talking about. We're not talking about an Olympic sprinter, right? But we're saying that Belt held his ground and created a little distance. And then just freeze and say, oh, let's see. Oh, here we go again. Tatis is going to make an amazing catch, right? Because you're, you, you're talking about the premier athlete in our game, right? And there's a chance he's going to catch that ball. But Belt held his ground. He extended himself a little bit. Not enough to get doubled off, but enough to give himself a shot. He saw it. He extended. Woe puts himself in the position. Woe has Woe is already discussed with Belt in the best of base runners on the outfitter's throws. Uh, a throwing ability prior to the game. All these little micro baseball moments are starting to stack together in this moment, right? So we don't have an elite speed or we don't have some special technique, but we just have the care factor and the attention to detail that's going to come into play. Belt gets big enough. He gets early enough. He makes the read aggressively enough that it gives Woldis a shot to make, then make his own decision. And then Woldis bakes in all the things that he talks to the guys about pregame and with Antoine about pregame into his calculus and the analyst, and he makes his decision, and, and we're safe by hair. You know? And then the last thing is Belt puts his head down and runs as hard as he can uh, to make that play as close as he possibly can. And so that's the beauty of baseball is, is no matter you know, 100 years, 200 years go by, things like that in base running never change. If you have an attention to detail and you run hard, you're going to give yourself the best shot to score in the most amount of plays. Kai, you've mentioned that the team is is handling this mentally. You said that everyone is enjoying this. Um, However, I've also mentioned how stressful this is for those of us who watch. And I do wonder, is there a little piece of you guys, just a little piece, that wishes you and the Dodgers were in separate divisions? (laughs) Gosh, that's such such a crazy crazy hypothetical. That's not something I I think about. I think – what you wish sometimes is, gosh, you wish you had some more breathing room, right? You know, you, you you can look at some of those records in other divisions and say, oh, you know, one of us would have clinched two weeks ago or, you know, so on, so be it. But that's not real life, right? The the br- beauty of the NL West is, is the rivalry, is the closely contested games, is the quality opponents, right? That's what brings the best out of each other. I've seen our guys rise to the occasion game time and time again. Um, when playing against the Dodgers because of how great of a foe they are. And so I wouldn't want to live in that alternate reality. So, yes, it'd be great to have separation. Yes, it'd be great to to start plotting and, and, you know, maybe line up your rotation, all these different things that teams are doing that have these large deficits. But I wouldn't want to give away the experience that myself and the rest of the guys have to have from playing in such a amazing race against uh, a, a long-term, long-term historic rival. Uh, Kai, what a ton of fun to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing it. Get your glasses back on and head out to the dugout. Thank you very, very much. Thanks a lot, Mark. Had a blast. 
Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share this episode with your friends and family. To make sure you never miss these exclusive conversations each week, subscribe and follow the Inside Giant Moments podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.